following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022, Season 17, Episode number 100. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, there is no 100, but we didn't get a 99 yesterday because we had other things to talk about. So why don't you give me a 99 today? Uh, Antoine Woods. There we go. I that's, can't think of it. That's what I thought like, about. Like well. the only 99 I can think of is like a guy named Hervin McCormick. I remember the name. 90s? Was he in the 90s? Yeah. That's about it, though. I mean, I mean, there's been others, but I'm sure there's some good ones. I don't know. Wasn't Chris Canty 99? Cool. Yeah. It's not as fun now. It's not as fun. It's just just lost it. It's lost its mojo. It's lost its luster. I think we're at 0-0. That's where we are. 100. 0-0 be rowdy. Good to know. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Still smiling. Well, we do have, uh, this is the final regular season show. Uh, we will be moving to our off-season schedule starting next week. It actually is the last show we're going to do this week. Uh, and just so you guys know, here's the schedule. We got all the normal shows today at their normal times. Tomorrow there will be a joint show, uh, which Nick will be hosting. Um, and then on Thursday there will be another joint show that Dave will be on but not hosting. Thursday? Um, have you not gotten the I'm, I was <laughs> told I was taking Thursday off, but okay, we'll figure oh, it out. I didn't see oh. your schedule. I didn't see the but schedule. We talked about it. Oh. We'll I, know, but I didn't see it. I, I told you what it was. This well, is you very. You would think we all said like in no, different corners. No, this is this is very right. us. This is very us. Dave, you do have a calendar on that one, buddy. I'll, I'll figure it out. I really just wanted okay. to give Derek a hard time. Oh, okay, but. good. Yeah, well, that's fair. I, I can accept that. I just wanted to make sure people were talking, so that's good. At least somebody talked to you. So, uh, yes, we will have a joint show on Thursday. We'll have media mash on Wednesday. I think Nick, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so there will be a media mash on Wednesday as well. And then next week, we will be flipping to our off-season schedule. You guys can catch us every Wednesday at uh, 1130. Uh, we will be doing our show from 1130 to 1230 every Wednesday. And so uh, Dave will also be starting up the draft show. I'm sure he's already got some good ideas rolling on that one. He's going to be hosting that this year. So Mr. Dave will be taking my spot on that show. Uh, that will be happening on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think, at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, so make sure you check that out. We'll have the full schedule up on the app. Uh, I'm sure William will have that up for you later this week. Uh, and you'll be able to see what all the shows are and the schedule for them starting next week. All right, let's jump in. Uh, there were a few topics that we didn't get to yesterday about the game that I still wanted to, to hit today. I want to start first with the running game. We didn't get a lot of time on the running game yesterday, although we kind of dabbled into it a little bit. Yes, uh, Sunday, Zeke was 12 for 31 yards. Uh, his long was 9 yards. Uh, he also had four targets and only one catch for zero yards. Pollard, on the other hand, had four carries for 14 yards. His long was eight. Uh, he had two car- two targets and two catches for 12 yards. My question is, why do you think they refused or decided not to uh, use Tony Pollard more in that game uh, than they did? I don't know. It's a valid question. Maybe we can one day ask a coach about it if they're ever available to talk to us after was the game. Was that ever discussed after the game? Was that a question that ever got thrown out to So, 
especially in COVID times, just to give you an idea, because it's fair. Like, that's our job is to grill these guys. That's why we're there. But, like, Nick spends the post game talking mm-hmm. to anybody that's, you know, Nick is the pool reporter for anybody in the locker room that's not the coach or a star. Yeah, so they weren't playing along this week. Just They were not. In case you guys didn't notice so, yesterday, Nick made it clear they weren't playing along. Nick's still week. sore from all the stiff arms he took <laughs> yeah, to the face. Right, right. Um, they should have used those on San Francisco. Before. And then Jerry's going simultaneously as uh, so then there's a green room where like your Zeke, your Amari Cooper, yeah. your big name guys, they all go. McCarthy, Dak, and Micah get the main podium. Jerry's talking in the middle of all of all of this. So the point is, is like you're kind of bouncing around. I did not get to talk to Mike McCarthy this yeah. week. I honestly, I usually don't. And so I didn't get to ask him about it. I don't know if he even was asked about it. Again, with the way the game ended and all of the other storylines, you kind of divvy that up and you're like, okay, that we can ask that Monday in the wrap up. There hasn't been a wrap up. Yeah. And that, um, that is expected sometime this week, either tomorrow or Thursday. They're expecting well, a McCarthy press With conference. the amount of stuff that's in flux, you know, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn are both interviewing for other jobs. Like I get I guess I get why they're doing that, but it is just kind of frustrating to not have a chance to follow up on that. I don't have a wonderful answer for you. I will say, in defense of them. The offensive line got pancaked. They need, I mean, Dak was running for his life. He got sacked five times. Zeke helped him out in pass protection quite a few times. We've said that a lot. I know people get tired of hearing it, but I do think that was a big reason why he's on the field. Why he tripled the number of carries is Tony Pollard? I don't know, because you don't need to pass protect if you're running the ball. Mm-hmm. And Zeke comes out after the game and says, yeah, I've had a torn PCL this whole time, partially torn. I'm just like, well, maybe the... And Tony's been hurt too, but I'm just like maybe Tony should have touched the ball more often. I got I mean, nothing. A lot of plays are run pass options, mm-hmm. so you know you have him out there. Um, you know, and, and Zeke's. I mean, they can't block. The offensive line couldn't block. Zeke's going to help more than Pollard will, obviously. Um, you know, he blocked two guys on one play on one time. That was so awesome. Yeah, it, it was, was a great play. Really great play. So I, I think that having him out there, you know, it's like they can they can actually do a little bit more things because they feel comfortable if they need to, to pass. They also can can run the ball. You know, the results are about the same. That's probably part of it. But yeah, I mean, Pollard could help. I mean, when you lose and you're not running the ball well, yeah, you want to get your dynamic players out there, and you know. And that's on Kellen too. I mean, we've seen plays where they're both out there. You know, I mean, why why is it that they they only are on the field together just a couple of times? That's a that's a wrinkle that we haven't seen in a while. I don't think so. That's what I was about to mention is the lack of us seeing them use them both at the same time. Especially when we talk about the tight end position and how you're missing someone that can actually help you block when you have a guy like Zeke that you can utilize in that way, but also run the ball and keep him maybe. I mean, you're not really, as a, as a defense, you're not really going to expect Tony Pollard to do much blocking, but it's another thing that you can at least try and see how it goes. And that's an, I don't know. Um, but to kind of what you hinted yesterday, and I don't know if we were going to talk about that, but um, is it time? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I'll set it up for you. I mean, I, what I was getting to was, I think, Watching them this year, I think there is a difference in how Tony Pollard runs the ball and how Zeke runs the ball. I think he's faster to the hole. I think he's quicker in and out of the hole. I think he's more decisive. I think he's more elusive. Obviously, he's faster. I actually think at this point, he, if I were making the decision, I would actually have him taking the bulk of the carries 
Uh, and I, that doesn't mean I – or at the very least, I would be splitting carries between them. It seems as though they're still uh, in the mind frame that Zeke is the lead back on this team. I would shift away from that. I'd love to hear opinions from you guys on whether you think that what you saw this year makes you think it's time to maybe start shifting that a little bit more. Well, I mean, I, I'm, let's see what's up with. Is he going to have knee surgery? I mean, that's that's what I want to know because before the season, you know, early in the season, before I guess the injury, you know, I thought what they were doing is fine. If you know, if he legitimately has a partially torn PCL or whatever, mm-hmm. it's something that might need a little, you know, either surgery or 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 something, or even a lot of rest. I'm okay with maybe going back and seeing how this thing plays out because I think together both of them were were really good and. If I can get Zeke healthy again, then I think it'd be better. Both of them healthy again, you know. But didn't he say that supposedly he won't need any kind of? Yeah, but I don't believe damn near anything I heard after that. <laughs> I, I mean, what? And first of all, does he know for sure? Second of all, like maybe you get an opinion on it later. Like the number of guys that are just like, yeah, no, it'll be fine, it'll be good, and then I'll be. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be getting my oil changed in mid February, and Adam Schefter will tweet that Zeke's having a knee scope. I'm like, cool. Let me call Nick. All right. Also, <laughs> thought I'll he be, didn't. I'll be out too. Yeah, I thought he didn't need to do this. Um, uh, also, though, I, I mean, like, I'm fixing the O line. I mean, like a thousand percent. I mean, I'm retooling all of that. I'm I'm I probably have three different starters across the board next year. Some somehow, some way. So I. Three. Yeah, three. I mean, three. three. I'm with you on that. Like, I, 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 think, I think that's your biggest problem. Where, who's the third? I, I think I think Lyell's probably. I, I, or 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 Lyell is playing left guard for me right. all year. I'm doing something with those something, three positions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got to have a new center for sure, and I got to have a new left guard. Now, whether that left guard is moving over from right tackle and Terrence Steele comes in, whatever. But you got to be careful with that because you can't trust Tyron right now. So you got to you got to almost need the the three. Um, I don't know if if Lyell's as agile anymore as he as he was. I don't I don't think he is. I think he might be a guard. He's mean. He's nasty. He's not as maybe quick on his feet as he was. You know, maybe, maybe. I need some push in the middle, and I no think doubt. he's physical enough where he might be able to give me some push in the yeah. middle. Yeah, and I don't have that right now. And if he's the enforcer, like they yeah. say, and he is. I mean, he, he he showed that role. But I I think he needs they. I, but I I'm fixing the offensive line. And you don't think – because I, I think that's one thing, and I think that's the biggest thing. I do think, from at least from what I saw, and it might have everything to do with that PCL. It absolutely may have everything to do with the PCL. It just didn't look like Zeke had the same burst that I was used to seeing from Zeke. And Pollard looked like, Pollard looked like he did have it. And that's where I'm like, if, if it's not the PCL, if we find out that after this year you go into next year and it's the same thing – to me, I think you get more out of it. That means that you can get to the hole fi- faster than than what I think Zeke is doing. That matters. The offensive line needs to be worked on, but I would like to see more of a 50-50 split. I, th- I still think the Cowboys still seem to have this attitude that like Tony Pollard is a nice backup instead of a weapon who needs to be mm-hmm. touching the ball more often. I'm looking at his game logs right now. The uh, he he had double digit carries one two three four five six seven eight times and six of those eight were blowout wins like he's getting double digit carries in the second half of games that are way out of hand I think the only time where he got double digit carries in a game that was really in doubt it happened three times Vegas Patriots Chargers and he he played well he had a hundred yards against the Chargers. Uh, had average four yards per carry against the Pats and 
not so great against Vegas, 10 for 36. But even still, like I just feel like they still view him as a backup instead of a guy who can really help them. I would like to see it closer to 50%. Do you think this is a nature of just NFL coaches, NFL locker rooms? I was trying to think of a situation across the NFL where you have a running back that has been the man for you, and he's still on a team but his role diminishes. Most of the time in that instance, you see the guy go on. The team says, okay, we're going to let him walk. We're gonna, he's going to be a free agent, or we're going to cut him, or he's going to get traded, or something. It, I couldn't really think of a lot of situations where a guy has been the man. Like, he was the man here. A guy has been the man, and it's just like, no, we think right now there's a back that's better than you, so we're going to decrease your role and increase their role. Have, do you guys see that the same way, or do you think this is just kind of a just this situation or, or more of a thing that just happens in the NFL? They just don't necessarily do that when it comes to lead running backs. Well, Tony Pollard hasn't come in and just been, like, considerably better than Zeke. You know, I, if, if he was, then that would be easier. I mean, I think he's faster, he's quicker, and he's he's – you know, more explosive. But I think that when you look at it, it's like still close because Zeke can do some things, you know, better than Pollard. And so it hasn't been head and shoulders above. And that's probably why it hasn't just been a quick, like, we're, we're, we're switching this out, you know, I think. But I don't, we don't know if he can be as successful if given basically a, a bigger amount of snaps on the field. Mm-hmm. I've, I can only recall one game. Was it last year or maybe? Two years, I, I think it might have been last year where he was a starter and Zeke was out. He didn't play again. Yeah, San remember? Francisco. And uh, he played. He played pretty good to the yeah. point where he everyone great. was asking mm-hmm. Zeke to sit. Uh, yeah, know, yeah. For Tony Pollard to take over that role, but it does make me wonder, on a weekly basis, is he the type of guy that can be as successful being so much on the field? Maybe right now we see him have those explosive plays because of the way that they're handling, and that allows him to be uh, that effective on the field. But once you give him a bigger role, can he keep up with that? And I'll throw this in, too. I think he's a much better pass catcher at this point. I mean, how many times have we seen Zeke out in the flat and just ball hits his hands, he drops yeah. it, or for whatever reason it seems like it's, he's not mm-hmm. in the right spot? Or I can't. I can't, think so? I can't go along with that. And okay. I, I think Tony Pollard deserves a larger role. Um, and – I'm not asking him to carry the ball 20 times. I'm asking him to inch toward double digits. I don't think he's done that his entire career. It's hovered between six and eight. But Zeke, for whatever we want to say about Zeke, he has been good as a receiver this season, in my opinion. And I'm not, I am not talking about like being explosive and all these big plays. He's bailed Dak out a lot as like the holy crap, I'm about to get sacked. Let me get this out of here. He did it on uh, Sunday. I know he bobbled the one on the last drive and didn't catch it. But Dak... That was a good play, by the way. It was going to be a one-yard loss. Which one? Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different play. There was like a little screen that they threw to him that he kind of one-handed. And he's been he and that's what I'm, he's been doing that all year. Yeah. But what I was about to say is Dak basically lateraled to him on an oh. obvious sack, and he turned it into like a, a small gain. He's done stuff like that all year, where he's just had the wherewithal to catch a holy crap outlet pass and turn a bad play into at least a neutral play, if not a good one. So I think, and let's not just give Tony all the flowers. Like, Tony's had some drops this year. I can't give you an an, an obvious example, but I know there's at least been three or four occasions where, especially like over the middle of the field, he let it bounce off his hands. So I, I think Tony Pollard deserves a bigger role. I think Tony Pollard's a more explosive runner. 
I'm not convinced he's like this outright better receiver. I do think if you can get the ball in his hands, he's a more explosive player. That's what I will say. You want to talk about the elephant that's sitting over sure. there? Let's go for it. I mean, it's about a thirty million dollar elephant. I mean, it, it's it's money is is important in, in yeah. this conversation. It's why you can't really move on. I mean, you have you, you're stuck with Zeke, and I and I don't say that in a way that like that is what it is. But I mean, you're not moving him. So what I think the best way to handle this situation is is figure out a better role for Tony Pollard that both of them can play, and I'm drafting a running back as well in the fourth or fifth round, a bigger back, not a little scat back, but a bigger back. And if this guy comes in here with this retooled offensive line like I just said, and he, he may be better, then that's what happens. I mean, maybe I mean I know I'm going back several years, but – you know, they, they drafted Marion Barber, and they had Julius Jones already, and Marion Barber, after a few years, turned out to be, after one year, turned out to be, man, we got to get this guy on the field. And maybe that happens. Maybe you, you can strike gold, as we found out San Francisco has, but, but it's because their offensive line knows how to block in the running game. If I were the Cowboys' offensive coordinator, whoever that is, maybe it's Kellen Moore, maybe it's somebody new, but I would go to Tony the minute that all that's finalized, and I would be like, contract year, bud. You want a bigger role? You want a chance to maximize your earnings this time next year? Get in there. Get great at pass protection. Like learn, learn this scheme. Learn where you're supposed to be all the time. Get to where Dak trusts you implicitly on third and nine, and make yourself interchangeable. Don't like, don't make us have to feel like we need to take you off the field in certain situations. And that's I would love to see a true split between him and Zeke next year. I, and I do think. What you, about my new guy? That, I mean, if, if they draft a new guy, that's fine. He about can, yeah. my fourth rounder from I mean, yes. Mississippi hey, bring, State or bring, whatever. And by the way, know. keep them coming. Hey, yeah. Every couple of years, bring me a new one. I mean, but again, that's the same. It'll be the same story. Like, he can be the kick return specialist. Actually, speaking of Mississippi State, I think the Packers drafted Kylan Hill late last yeah. year. He's like, great college running back. He was like their kickoff guy, mm-hmm. you know, because it takes time. Yeah. Like, Zeke is... Zeke is a rare guy who came in and like had all of that stuff. And like I, I get it. It's boring to talk about pass protection, but like there aren't that many running backs who teams trust to come in and do everything right away. So Tony needs to take a step in that regard. And then yeah, you can have a rookie come in and handle kickoffs and play in some blowouts or goal line packages, whatever. But that's what I would like to see. I'll say this, and I, I went back and I looked it up, and here's why I think what I think of him. And I, I agree with you, Dave. If you look at the entire season, Zeke's been a pretty good pass catcher. It's really been the final six games of the season. Check this out. He had 20 targets in those final six games. He only had eight catches of those 20 targets. Uh, Most of the games he had, all except for one of those games, he only had one catch. Um, And a lot of those games he had drops. And so when you start looking at just how he's performed over the last six weeks, that's been where I was like, he just hasn't given them anything in the passing game. This last game, he had four targets and one catch for zero yards. Like, that's not helping Dak. That's not helping anybody in this offense. Like, I think that you get a little bit more, and especially if you're talking about getting him out on the outside, catching passes. I think Pollard is more dangerous in those situations than Zeke is. Yes. Zeke isn't a guy that necessarily makes people miss anymore. I, I want to be clear. I, I don't view Zeke as a dangerous weapon in the passing game. I would like to know. 
I would like to go back and look at those games and see how many of them are desperation passes right. to keep a play alive where Zeke's up here just, trying yeah. to bobble it and keep it in play. Like that and that's what he's been this year. He's a he's been a last resort in the passing game. Like, oh God, they blitzed. This is a hot read. Zeke, just just get two yards, whatever. We'll live to fight another day. Like that's been his role in the passing game more often than not. Um and I just feel like like I, I wanna say I wanna say it happened against Denver. I feel like it happened against either the Cardinals or somebody. Like I, I just have these like mental images of Tony over the middle, like dropping passes. I, I'm not saying it happened a lot, it but it definitely during, happened. It was during a game where a lot of them dropped the pass. Yeah, I was gonna say that's yeah. he was, he was well. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. team dropped yeah. balls against Denver. Yeah. It, that might have been the one because yeah. I mean I do remember him over the middle dropping a pass, and like everyone dropped one that day. Yeah. Tony, no doubt, would be more dangerous in the passing game in terms of like just get the ball in his hands and he'll do something yeah. with and it. And that's really my only point. It's not, and I, that's the the hard part about having these kinds of conversations. You can quickly get painted as, oh, you're against Zeke. It's not that. It's that I think right now Pollard provides more in the way of if he has. There was a play this last week. It was a sweep uh, where where uh, Zeke got the ball. He was running to the right. They had it all blocked up. There was only one guy out there that was unblocked. It was a defensive back. There was a time when Zeke either runs that guy over or he makes that guy miss. He didn't, and that's not Zeke's game anymore. Like he, if he has that one guy, it's rare that we see him make that guy miss. At this point in his career, I do think Pollard makes that guy missed. And that's my point. I think Pollard is more dangerous because he can do those kinds of things that I'm just not seeing regularly from from Z. Fun, fun live question here from our friend Jack. I appreciate it. He says, what about Shewo Alana Lua? Would he get a chance next year? I just, I just want to bring it up because yeah. I, I do want to say I really think he makes the team if he stays healthy this year. And may, like he's a running back, fullback hybrid. Maybe Kellen could have done some fun stuff with him. But he is in a big category of guys where I'm like, that's cool, and you can come to training camp, but like I'm not carving out a role for you in February of this year, you know, like <laughs> like the first thing Kyle Shanahan did when he signed in San Francisco, his first signing was Kyle Juszczyk. He was yeah. like, I'm I'm gonna do some fun stuff with you. This ain't that. Yeah. Well, I mean, also you got to remember too is, you you know, all the running backs that come back from neck injuries. I mean, good point. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm pulling for him. That is a fair point. And, yeah. and I have just learned how to say his name, so I, I'm I was excited about him. But um, we'll see. We'll see how he you know comes yeah. back. But those are you know those are missed minor little storylines. Like, do they win the Super Bowl because he's on the team? No, but he was a fun player who could have done some unique stuff that that might have unlocked some things for Kellen's offense for sure. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, about some of those drops. I want to talk about these wide receivers and how they've performed, and particularly C.D. Lamb and what he's done over the last few weeks. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to 
to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. All right. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboy fan. If you're listening, you are the ultimate Cowboy fan for sure. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Join today. There was... I'm sorry. I just I, I like Nick's read there. Like I just can't imagine you listen to this show if you like kind of like the Cowboys. Right. You know, there's just no way. We appreciate just it a little bit, especially on a day like today. It's yeah. a Tuesday. Yeah. Following got, a playoff loss. I got the funniest tweet yesterday. What's after that? you know my little my little speech I tried to give. I do the same thing every year. This guy on Twitter wrote. wrote <laughs> he said. He said. And it's, some people said thank you for saying that. He kind of needed that. And some people are like probably like. F-O. But anyways, <laughs> this guy says, after time reflecting and speaking with my family, oh, God. Well, my wife who hates when the Cowboys are on, that's his family, he says, I have decided to return for my senior season as a Cowboy fan. There we go. <laughs> I would like to thank Cowboys break Nick Eatman for talk, taking me off the ledge with his speech. There we go. Um, Nino is the name there. So love it. You got like a like all these turn for the season year. Yeah, all these college like, kids with the transfer portal right, right. letters. He's like, like, he's the ter- <laughs> I've decided was- to. Res- I'm I'm exiting the transfer portal. I'll stay here. <laughs> I believe in this team. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> a little bit. I think that's funny. No, I funny. mean it's. But I I also want to reiterate too. I like. I understand. I mean it's. Oh yeah. I. I wasn't ready for it. I, I just, I mean, I got nothing for these guys. Like, what are we doing this week? I'm like, I don't know. Preparing for the Bucks. I mean, yeah, I thought we'd be writing, yeah, rematch stories. Yeah, rematch from week one. What's different this time around? Five things that are different between the Bucks game. You know. Yeah, but Nick, you were talking about you and I were talking about that this this morning. They're really for for us. We've never played longer than this. Like. Usually, because the NFL. And I wasn't season, going with you on that, I just but it's true. Like yeah. when you say when you say one week pass, like this is as long as we've been in it. This is long yeah. as, this is what our bodies know. Like our bodies know about this time is when we're usually heading home at the very best case scenario. I just wasn't. You know? I just wasn't prepared. I mean, I honestly, I thought they'd beat San Francisco. I was rooting for San Francisco. I felt bad about that, mm. especially after watching them. Mm, yeah, but yeah, but like. Like I got, I, a, I got I, a lot of messages last night that were like, "Wish we, wish we played this Cardinals team." Well, sure. I was like, "You don't know what's going to happen if they play." Like, you don't, you don't. But you Cowboys three points to them too. Cowboys yeah. don't have Donald. Yeah. Last you time I before. checked, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, on. that's. I mean, <laughs> Shannon upstairs today. Shannon was like looking at the schedule. He goes, 
some pretty good games next week. I'm like, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> I would say I we talked about that after the show. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I wish the Cowboys were still playing, but like if it's on, I'm watching. I, I watched. Even, I couldn't even watch most of that game. I watched, I watched the whole thing. I just watched Eli and Peyton. It's probably yeah. not in that order, but uh, yeah. When I saw Eli wearing that Death Row Records chain, like that was pretty funny. And I'll be, I'll, <laughs> I will be front and center. They, this is, this is gonna be a fun weekend. Oh, by the weekend, I'll be okay. Yesterday, I just, it was too soon. I couldn't do it, man. I was just because I, I, the whole quarter, I sat there and watched it. I'm thinking, man, like, but Dallas at their best, they could play with these teams. I just, they just can't always show up and play at their but best. But they don't. But, but, but see, here's, yeah. the, here's the thing, though. Anything that happens in the NFC or even the AFC, because they played one of those teams, like, I don't think you can watch any game next weekend and be like, Dallas could have beat them. They, they, they didn't show that they could. They really didn't. They showed they could beat and, and they could whip the Eagles Fair. and the Giants more than this team beat them. But when it came to, like, good on good, they didn't, they didn't show they could do that. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just more forgiving, and I get. It is a results-driven business, and I mean moral victories, all that good stuff. But like, they played the Bucks to the final snap. They played the Niners to the final snap. Yeah, they, could pl- yeah. they played a. They were competitive against the Chiefs. They didn't look great doing it, but like they didn't look like they didn't belong on that field. But you know, that, I uh, so. think that's the point, though, Dave. The way I look at it is. And they did with with Arizona. They played to the last snap. And and guess what? In the playoffs, in that first round against San Francisco, they played to the final snap. Well, it wasn't quite a snap, but they played to the final snap. Like, they're good enough. They are good enough to play with any team in the league. They're not necessarily good enough to beat those yeah. elite no, teams. I, I, That's I think, the difference. I think we're know? saying the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah a no. Long way since yesterday. Oh, trust me, I haven't. <laughs> I, I haven't. I'm, well, your mood is completely different than yesterday. Yesterday we should have had a camera just recording Dave all day long. Yesterday, I, I was. I'm. I'm still. I'm still pretty bitter, to be honest with you. I'm just. Yeah. You know what's most interesting about that? I remember when Dave first got here. He was so emotionally detached from this team. Like but it was see, just kind of like you were very much. I'm a media guy. Like I don't. But, I don't get but caught see, up here's in the thing. that. And if we want to do this, stuff. we can't. Like I'm not. I'm really not upset that they lost a playoff game. I'm. I'm upset. And I feel like I. This is. I feel like this is how a lot of cowboy fans feel. It's just. It's the hamster wheel of it yeah. all. Is like I get you. We did all of this, and like you know, it's like. Uh, you got, you got, you didn't get near the mountaintop, but like, and that's even more frustrating. Like, you got back to the same mile marker on the mountain, mm-hmm. and then you tumbled back down, and you look around, and we're like, we gotta do this whole thing again. No, you literally like, look back up at that mountain again, and you're like, wow, I came along, I tumbled a long way, I went up a long yeah. way, I tumbled a long way, and I wasn't even at the top, and now I got to start climbing all over. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it sucks that they lost, but like for me, it's not—it's not the pain of the Cowboys losing. It's the pain of thinking like I got to start walking up this damn mountain again. <laughs> I don't really want to right now. Starting next week on the draft show. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. let's talk about the wide receivers uh, again. It wasn't a great day for them yesterday either. I guess holistically, if you think about it, um, C.D. Lamb only had one catch. My question for you guys is, do you think the challenges with the wide receivers was more about what was happening with the offensive line and the quarterback, or do you think that just they weren't getting open, they weren't creating opportunities for the quarterback? Yeah, I had to answer that. Somebody somebody asked that question on Twitter. He had one catch. Is it Dak's fault or is it Kellen's fault? And I was like, I would put three people in that. Mm. Um, 
I like him as a player a lot. I, I do. I think he can be really good. I, I would probably put CD as my dis- most disappointing player of this team this year. If, if that wow. Was, yeah, I know Keanu Neal's a trendy pick there, but CD is probably the most disappointing for me. Explain I, that for me. Oxnard, he was Randy Moss. He was mm-hmm. Randy Moss, and he was beating the guy that turned out to be really good this year, Trayvon Diggs. He, he was making play after play after play after play, and – he didn't do that this year. He really didn't. He had he had some nice plays. He had 1000 yards, six touchdowns, I believe, but he didn't make those I don't have it anywhere. I don't know where to throw it, so I'm just going to throw it up here and let him go get it. And uh I thought he would be even more dynamic. Going into the season, I think it was it was a close battle between Justin Jefferson and and CD on who's the better. It's mm. not right now. Yeah. And it's not like the Vikings were in the playoffs, you know. Uh, I just don't think he took the next le- step that I thought he was going to take. He still took a step, but not as big as I thought he would take. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm willing to say he's the most disappointing player on this team, but I'm glad you said it because I was going to. Like what we saw in training camp looked like a guy who was about to take over the NFL, and yeah, yeah. and again. He he wasn't drumming on scrubs. Trayvon Diggs led the league in interceptions. I don't. Get, that's cool that he gave up yards. I get it, but like. He was doing it against pretty solid cornerback play, and he just looked different. And he had some nice games. I mean, his game against New England was fantastic. Both of his touchdowns in that game were huge. Um, but, yeah, it's it, I was expecting more, to be honest. He had, he had five more catches and 200 more yards than he did as a rookie, and that was playing without Dak for most of the year. I just mm. – I thought – yeah, I thought we were going to see a Justin Jefferson like season. I think I said that yesterday. Like all of a sudden, you know, we we joked for a solid year. Like I can't believe the league let us have this guy, and the guy taken five or six picks later is better than him by a pretty significant margin right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's just facts. Do you um, think that's all? You think a lot of that is on him, or do you think again this is this goes back to the quarterback and him not having, and even him not having time? So it still <laughs> yeah. goes back to our original conversation: the offensive line. I think. He- there's a big chunk that's on him because I I keep trying to make sense of it all and I keep thinking I don't want to keep bringing myself to okay the first half of the season but when you look at how they started the year you were able to say okay wow look at all the me- the different weapons that they have all the talent that they have I was one to say each position had one of the best ones in the NFL. I would say that back then and then looking at it now you start looking around the roster and you're like okay. You could argue Zeke with the injury. You could argue Dak got injured and came back. There's the mental aspect of things and things like that. Michael Gallup injured. But then CeeDee Lamb, he stayed pretty healthy. And he he didn't show, talking about the abilities that you were mentioning, those kind of abilities that you've seen him do even last year when he started. So... I don't know what exactly to pinpoint there to, okay, this is what happened to him, and that's why he wasn't as successful. And, yes, obviously the O-line is going to have an effect. Dak Prescott is going to have an effect. But at the end of the day, there were many plays, too, that the ball could have been caught by him, and he didn't. And that's the thing that you saw last year, how many crazy plays and balls that he would catch out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, and that made one of the biggest highlights for his career. And then that was all gone. So – what do you give the blame to other than just him and whatever we might not know that he's struggling with, but for sure we haven't heard of any kind of injury that might have been affecting him. 
Yeah, you know, I was also trying to think, too. Like, we didn't see those plays mm-hmm. that we saw in camp. But did, did they even attempt it, though? Good question. I mean, like, well, but I, I think it's also. I don't know if it's. It's. I don't even. I don't, don't even have look to at be it. open though. You yeah, don't but, have to be open for that. It's just first and goal in the four. Throw it up. I get that, but I would even ask the question further than that. Like that play, it was a touchdown last year, where he contorted his body. Minnesota. What game? Minnesota. That? Minnesota. That's what. Yeah. And, and the question becomes: Was there has has there been a single catch like that even this year? I'm not talking just to throw it up. I'm talking just to play where he does something that's so remarkable, where it's like his Uh-oh. athleticism is so much better than the guys that are out there trying to cover him. I don't care about this conversation. To be very blunt about it, no, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm taking it in a different direction because I've been thinking about this and I. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm feeling a little bit of a philosophy change or something like that. I don't know. I still I still don't believe in the idea of like being stubborn, but is the play caller doing enough to force the issue to get the ball into the hands of his good players? Mm. Um how many times was he targeted this pa- this last game? I barely oh, remember him. Uh, I think I think he was close to the I think ball. he was targeted 5 times. Um which is insane. Uh, yeah, five targets, one catch. But like you look at you look at the numbers. CD was targeted 120 times on the year. Uh, second best after that was Dalton Schultz, 104 times. Which like Dalton's great, but should he be second on your team in targets? Like in terms of like trying to get the ball to that guy. Amari. The, then you go. <laughs> then you go look at Cooper. That's why Amari was you know how many times him? Cooper Cup got targeted this year? Yeah, probably had 200 times. 191 times. Right. He got 145 it was amazing. Like, they always threw the ball to him. And by the way, he made something of it, though. And, also, and like, these are on teams where there are other weapons. Like, I know he got hurt. If you extrapolate his numbers for a full season, Robert Woods was on pace for 85 targets. Odell Beckham's only been there for half a season. But if you extrapolate, he's on pace for 65. They've got an athletic tight end as well. Tampa... Um, I'm looking at Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were both targeted north of 100 times. I'm just not convinced the Cowboys are making enough of an effort. Like, we're getting the ball to our studs instead of go through your progressions, and if they're not open, then find the other guy. Yeah, That's useful. Don't get me wrong, but... There is an element of this thing where, yeah. like, you got to be like, we are, we have guys that we have brought here to are be you better than everybody. Dez? No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just thinking, let's be careful now because we did have that situation a couple of years ago. I know. Where, you know. It can't be either or. I know. It and, can't be either or. You know, we talked about early in the year, like, the thing that's making this thing work is that these receivers yes. are meshing together and Dak doesn't care. He's going to get it to whoever. If it's Noah Brown, it's Noah Brown, which it probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so. That's a great. But they, Stafford's not doing that. And Stafford's like, I'm getting the ball to Cooper Cup. They did it. On Sunday, I don't remember the exact moment in the game, but like Cedric and Noah checked in in 12 personnel, and that was when Dak threw probably his only truly deep pass of the day. Well, I mean, the Amari touchdown was only 20 yards. I'm talking he threw it 40 yards downfield. I think it was even in double coverage. And I was like, why are we doing this when. Oh, yeah, the deep ball. Why are we doing this when Lamb and Cooper aren't on the field? Like, what. Why? Like, it's great to say we're going to take what we're given. We're not going to change what we do based on what they're do- But, like, you don't have to be willfully ignorant of it either. Like, hey, maybe maybe our pro bowler and our first-round pick should be the guys that we're testing double coverage with or, or whatever. I just – I think you got to find a better balance there. Like, you can't just be completely stubborn and just be bound and determined all the time. But I think you got to make more of a concerted effort to put the ball in your playmaker's hands. Yeah. 
I was going to say this real quick. Yeah. I think that we talk about it, and actually they talked about this early in the season a lot. They were going to aggressively take what the defense gave them. I think the difference in that philosophy is you like look it's at, been more passive recently. Yeah, I know, but but I would even say even from that standpoint, you look at a team like we were just talking about Cooper Cup. I think the difference is what they do with the Rams is they say not we're just not going to take aggressive what you give us. We're going to create ways that we can get the ball into Cup's hands. Ding, 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 Same ding. thing with San Francisco. We're going to create ways to get the ball in Debo's hands. By the way, everybody knows who's playing San Francisco. Debo Samuel is going to get the ball. We got to stop Debo Samuel. They still find ways, creative ways, to get the ball in his hands. And that, I think, may be the difference here is that Dallas is saying, hey, we'll get it in Cedric Wilson's hands if he's the guy that's open. Mm-hmm. And, and we expect him to do the things that Amari can do instead of saying, no, Amari's our best player right. or CD's our best player. We're going to find ways and create ways where we can get them open and get the ball in their hands and let them do things. Right. Which, and I, I, I wanted to, talk, I'm glad you brought that up because I do think that's, that's a, a point worth talking about and my my friend Seth Galina for Pro Football Focus actually wrote a really great story yesterday about Kellen's offense you can go read it if you want to it's really interesting just about like it relies a lot on Dak to do everything and like go through his progressions whereas a lot of other coaches scheme easy looks for mm-hmm. their quarterback to get balls to guys and like there's this weird toxic attitude to where it's like you can only be a good quarterback if, like, you don't have a line and you make all the progressions yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, well, if Dak was great, he could overcome this off defensive line, killing him every down. It's like, why can you only be good if life is really difficult? Like, why? Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not a bad thing for your coach to scheme up easy throws yeah. to Amari Cooper for you. And I just that hasn't been a thing enough for this offense. I think. I don't like comparing anybody to Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's fair. They're never gonna. He's never gonna be that, you know. Um, but you can see, especially for Brady, you can see why he, he he has played for so long. He is not worried about the stats at all. He's he is not worried about making all the best throws. There was that one play we saw with Dak, where he, and I'm and all all season he keeps saying, "Yeah, I got a little greedy there." You don't have to get greedy. You take what's there and keep going. It's first and 20, and Cooper is going to give you seven, eight yards, maybe break a tackle and make more than that. But you're trying to throw the ball to Blake Jarwin down the field. That's not your strength, and that's not his strength right now in the middle of you know in the middle of him coming back and all that. I just don't think that was a smart play. And now it's second and 20. You're trying to get in field goal range. And I just thought that was an example of, of somebody like a Brady who's just like, Okay, you're going to give me that? Boom, I got it. Because I'm going to do another seven, and I'm going to do another seven, and I'm going to get a first down. And I just I think the, the, the greedy part of is is something we don't talk about as much. I wonder, do you remember from week, I, from week two against the Chargers, which was a very penalty-heavy game, if you remember, uh, not, not on the level that we've seen in the second half of the season, but there were a lot of flags in that game. From there going to New England – they kept getting out of those first and 20 situations. Like, they would get a hold, Mm -hmm. and then they would get it back, like, instantly. And they Mm -hmm. did it pretty reliably for, like, a month. Maybe that just gave them (laughs) an inflated sense of confidence. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. they were just like, yeah, we're getting this back right here. Don't worry about it. We're getting 22. I don't care if it's first and 20, and that's not a way to live. You get the feeling that Dak is going to say something like in – it won't be the us. It'll be a, some like CBS radio serious interview or something where he'd be like, 
I was never the same after the calf injury. It hurt me all year long. I was playing with you know something like that yes. where you're like, I, I honestly I get that feel. I, I don't. I, wanna... honestly, I don't think he'll say that now. I think once he retires and he looks back on his career, I think he will talk about this season and say I wasn't right. Because we all see it. Like some of the things we see from him, I've never. We haven't seen Dak be, God, in my opinion, here. be as inaccurate as he as he was this year. I hope there when are he so retires, many times he doesn't talk about this season. I hope this. I hope this isn't a season that he talks about. Well, he'll talk about it from a standpoint of the question will be like, what was the season that was most disappointing you? And I think it. You know, then he'll get into it. I honestly don't think. I, I don't think. I don't think. Dak was himself this year for whatever reason. I don't know the reason. Only he knows the reason. I don't think Dak was the same. I don't get why he would be so defensive about it if that was the case. You know, like he just refused to even well, because ex- of his his personality. Like, he's that type of personality where when yeah. you have those people that are extremely optimistic and always thinking the positive, they will never let the negative ever get into their mind. Even if it might be true, they never let it get into yeah. their mind because it takes them away from their optimism. Yeah, well, maybe. I was you know? thinking of that and like the injury aspect. I'm like, it would have been so much easier if, if that was really the case to just say, okay, he is struggling with something. Because then you get people that are like us or other people from the media looking at it like, well, makes sense. He's struggling with this injury, but he's out there battling through it and blah, blah, blah. So... Because yesterday I was thinking of that random. I'm like, okay, is this something that in the next few weeks we're going to hear like kind of like Zeke? But we knew about Zeke and we knew he was battling. But something that came about with Dak, oh, yeah, he was still dealing with that. And that's kind of what led to his inaccuracy or the way that he was playing and all that. But then at the same time, like that would have been if that's the case, it would have been great to be mentioned all throughout the season because right. then you get a well, lot less heat for it. No, but that's it's and I've been around the block enough times and I, I don't want to put words in Dak's mouth, but I could see that happening or even if it doesn't, that's it drives me crazy because like and it doesn't have to be Dak. So and so is struggling and struggling and we come on the show and we're like, he looks like crap. He's struggling. And then so and so is like. You a holes like, hey, I've got a high grade ankle sprain right. that nobody knows about, and this, that, and the other. I'm like, can you say it then? Because otherwise, like, I I got nothing to go on. I gotta just, I'm I'm just watching the game and trying to an- analyze it based on what I see. And you hiding it from me isn't helping anybody, yourself included. Because people will go easier on you if they know that you're banged up. But I want to be clear. I don't know that I think that it was. An injury, or he wasn't right physically from the standpoint of he was still I hurting. Think it's I no, I think it actually is, and I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but sometimes when you get an injury, what tends to happen is you start you start overcompensating for the area that was injured. Even once you're healthy, you still overcompensate because you don't quite use it the same way. You don't quite trust that muscle, that ligament. You don't quite want to put the same torque on it. And so it changes your mechanics a little bit on how you do things. It happens with me with running all the time. Like you just you just change up what you do because you're trying to overcompensate for the pain that you were feeling before, even though that pain may not be there anymore. And I just wonder if some of that stuff happened for Dak where he just wasn't the same quite per- it wasn't quite perfect the way it was before because he was still overcompensating for my bone was sticking out of my leg months ago, right? And I just, I just wonder. Don't know this. I just wonder if maybe that was a situation. Well, hopefully not, because then that makes me think of a guy like Leighton Vanderesh, and him with the times that he got injured. I mean, every time he came back, he just seemed like worse and worse. And I don't think that it was necessarily 
a physical thing. It was more, well, yeah, a combination of it. But at the same time, maybe mentally where he's like not playing as hard, not throwing himself to tackle as hard because of in his mind, he's going to get hurt again in his neck and this and that. So I don't know. Hopefully it's not that because it could lean, melt into like next year and the years to come. I don't know. I would, I would probably think this year, I would guess Dak is probably going to spend a lot of time in the offseason just working on his fundamentals. That's what I would guess because we saw him a lot of times this year kind of throwing off his back foot. I would probably guess this offseason he's going to spend a lot of time working on footwork, working on his fundamentals, the things he couldn't do last year because he was rehabbing. He couldn't really work on those things you have to keep up on as a quarterback. I would suspect he's going to do a lot of that this offseason. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back, and we want to hear from you guys, 888-855-2297. Let's get some phone calls. Let's hear what you guys have to say about this team, where they go from here. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We only have a few more minutes here. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, so we're going to take a phone call. We got a call from Lance and Cheyenne. Lance, what up? Ladies, lady and gentlemen, how y'all doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, we were talking about Kellen Moore uh, and the way he uh, directed the offense this year. Kellen Moore is the problem. When you got Amari Cooper, which is the best route runner on this team, and you don't even attempt to get to him, that's the first problem. CD is the next. Uh, I can't blame CD for not catching balls because we don't know how Kellen Moore is calling up the plays. So I'm leaving all this on basically Kellen Moore. Uh, What Jerry Jones needs to do is step in. I'm not sure when McCartney was hired 
if uh, he was limited to what he could do, what could he not do with the coordinator. But uh, I blame a lot of this on uh, McCartney, too, because he should have stepped in when we stopped running. We need to run to set up the, the pass. And yes, our offensive line needs to be fixed. But Kellen Moore is the problem. All right, we we'll appreciate the call. problem too. That is the problem too. Okay, but Kellen Moore is the problem. All right, we appreciate the call. Um, and I, I actually do think there is some truth to that. I do think that it didn't seem like, at least, it didn't seem like. Uh, they had a lot of answers for the issues that they had faced since the Denver game offensively. Didn't seem like they could quite find their groove, find their way out of that. And that has to be, you have to give a lot of that to the offensive coordinator of having to figure that out. I don't like, and I'm not going to, I don't like calling for people to be fired. And I'm yeah. not going to sit here and like call for Kellen Moore to be fired. But it's two months of really mediocre offense and not getting results against quality opponents. And there's not a very long list of excuses. I mean, the offensive line wasn't good, but like everybody was available. They yeah. tried McGovern. That didn't work. They put Connor Williams back in there. That didn't really work. Um, you know, maybe they could have moved Lyle to guard, like I mean, break glass in case of emergency, whatever. I don't know. But there's not a long list of excuses when you're like, well, why didn't this work? I mean, who am I wrong for thinking that? So, like I said, I'm, I'm not calling for somebody to lose their job, but I, that is – Something that the Cowboys should look at and consider, and and it's it's concerning. Like I'm not as confident in Kellen Moore as I was before yeah. the bye week this season. I thought the call. I mean, I thought I thought the caller was a, a tad bit hypocritical in some of the, the things that he said of saying I'm not going to put it on C.D. Lamb because I don't know how the play calls are with Kellen Moore. But if you don't know how the play calls are, that you're you're also calling him the problem. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't know. Um, but as Dave pointed out, and, and then the caller pointed it out too, offensive line, Dak, uh, color more. Yeah, it's it's a big problem all the way around. Everybody has has a say in this. I just know this: if you fix that offensive line, guys can run behind it, and Dak can throw behind it. A rookie quarterback in the fourth round, who shouldn't be starting, is starting and succeeding and wins rookie of the year because the offensive line is is awesome. This offensive line needs to get better, and then I think that's where the first start is. Because you can't change Dak, and you can't change Zeke. Not right now. So mm-hmm. fix that. And I will. And and if Kellen Moore is here next year, I agree with Nick. I mean, that that's just the easiest fix. Because I don't agree with that part about, like, they needed to keep running. It wasn't working. Like, who – what game did you see them play after the bye where you had confidence that they could run the ball when they needed to? I don't think I don't think there was a game this year that pissed me off more than the Saints game just in terms of having to watch it because they just kept stubbornly running and it didn't work and ironically Tony scored on a sweep when they finally decided to go outside but like their bread and butter in between the tackles sucked and they wouldn't go away from it and I wanted to scream I I hated that game plan so much yeah. um so I don't think that is the right idea either. I think either either change the scheme or fix the offensive line so that this scheme can get back to work in the way that we saw it.
All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. That's a wrap. That's the final regular season show for the 2021 season. Uh, we will start next week on our off-season shows. We'll start talking about some big-picture things, like what's going to happen with these coaches, who, who are going to stick around, who may be gone. Uh, till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!